Welcome back, everyone, to 1001 Radio Days and the very best of vintage radio. The Twilight Zone was a nationally syndicated radio drama series featuring radio play adaptations of the classic television series, The Twilight Zone. This series was produced for the British digital radio station BBC Radio 4 Extra, airing for 176 episodes between October 2002 and 2012 in the United States. Many of the stories are based on Rod Serling's scripts from the original Twilight Zone series. We hope you enjoyed these episodes from the Twilight Zone. A Kind of Stopwatch starring Lou Diamond Phillips with Stacey Keach as your narrator was adapted for radio by Dennis Etchison and based on a script by Rod Serling. Heard in the cast were Rick Peoples, Mike Baccarella, Guy Burrill, Meg Falcon, Maggie Carney, Rich Kamenick, Doug James, Carl Amari, Roger Wolski, and Irene Olson. To learn more about the Twilight Zone radio dramas and to obtain audio cassettes and CDs of these programs, visit our website at twilightzoneradio.com. This copyrighted radio series is produced and directed by Carl Amari and Roger Wolski for Falcon Picture Group. Doug James speaking. traveling through another dimension, a dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind, a journey into a wondrous land whose boundaries are that of imagination. That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop, the Twilight Zone. Address? Yep, 2719, Ye Old Curiosity Shop. This is it. Oh, officers, I'm so glad you're here. You the one who called, ma'am? That would be my husband. Jensen, the detectives are here. How do you do? Mr. Brown, what seems to be the problem? Appalling, absolutely appalling. They broke in through the storeroom. That was the first thing we saw this morning. The back door off its hinges. My husband almost had a heart attack. All right, take it easy. Was anything missing? A number of items, I should say. The sense of violation. Our entire stock will have to be re-inventoried. For the insurance, you know. Quite a number of items, a large number. Well, then I guess we'll have to take some pictures. Dust for prints. I consider it a personal invasion. The complete and utter disregard for boundaries for one's private space. You folks have a list of what was taken? Oh, we wouldn't know where to begin. So many things. Uh, A Queen Anne chest. What was in it? I don't know. We could never get it open. I was going to have a key made. Hard to say what could have been in it. Almost anything. Jewels, family heirlooms. We bought it, as is, at an estate sale. What else? Uh, a Louis XIV washstand. Our pride and joy. Two antique children's chairs. Five vases. Six Ming Dynasty. Two hand-carved teakwood cigarette cases with platforms. Approximate value? $100. He means 200 
A tray of rings, three sapphires, three rubies, three emeralds. All genuine? Well, the rubies are actually... All genuine. And there was a 19th century silver service for eight. I mean, 12. Isn't that right, Jensen? And a dining room chair made in 1778. Uh, let me see. Three paintings in frames. Early Picassos? Huh, that right. What about the stuff that was in the window? Oh, nothing of real consequence. Don't forget the other tray of rings, dear. Remember? The Native American baskets and... and the camera. One camera? A very special camera. One of a kind. Make? Well, it didn't have a name on it. At least we never could make it out. Foreign lettering. Indecipherable. Probably ancient. Never saw one like it before. It was here when we bought the shop. It was imported. Very rare. Very, very rare. At least a hundred years old. Okay, let's see what we got here now. Um, let's see, okay, uh, six vases, uh, five ceramics, a Native American basket, jewelry. A tray of rings. All paste. Six vases of the Ming Dynasty. I don't know what dynasty they're from, but it ain't Ming's. They're from a rummage sale and they're worth a couple of shucks apiece. Chester, will you pipe down and let me read the article? Wasn't Playing no good larceny is what it is. That's nothing but a list for their insurance company. Why those crooks? Police theorize that the thieves broke in sometime during the night. Mr. and Mrs. Jensen T. Brown, the proprietors of the antique shop, listed the following additional items as among the goods stolen. A Louis XIV candelabra. A phony candlestick holder. Liberace. Two antique children's chairs. Two thrift shop chairs for midgets. And a set of U.S. Navy surplus tableware. Plus a chest worth maybe $25 tops. Hey, listen to this. The paper says there's three oil paintings by Picasso. Yeah, three posters in dime store frames. The guy who painted them thinks a Picasso is a foreign sports car. Two teakwood hand-carved cigarette cases. All right, knock it off, knock it off. Here's something they forgot to put in the paper. A camera? Big deal. Well, it looks like an antique. When I was a kid, you could have bought this in a five and dime. But now, I get it as part of a heist. Perfect. The whole haul is worth maybe 50 bucks. A fence will give us 10, if we're lucky. I could have shot pool for half an hour and made more. Aw, oh, come on, Chester. Want to take my picture? You think that thing works? Well, let's give it a try. Even if there's film in it, it'd be so old by now that What I... do you got to lose? Huh, Chester? Please. Please. Scene of the crime, a hotel suite that in this instance serves as a den of thieves. The aftermath of a rather minor event to be noted on a police blotter. An insurance claim perhaps a three-inch box on page 12 of the evening paper. There's just one small item to be added to the list of loot. A camera. A most unimposing addition to the flotsam and jetsam that came with it. Hardly worth mentioning, really, because cameras are cameras. Some expensive, some available at the corner drugstore. But this camera, this one is unusual. Because in just a moment, we'll watch as it injects itself into the destinies of three people. For it happens to be a fact that the pictures it takes can only be developed in the Twilight Zone. And now, back to the Twilight Zone with A Most Unusual Camera, starring Mike Starr with Stacey Keach as your narrator. Please, Chester, take my picture. Look at this crummy thing. 
foreign writing all over it. No place to open it up. Where do you put the film in? Maybe it's already got film in it. Yeah, sure. From the Ming Dynasty. And you think it's still good? Come on! See? You look through the thing on the top here. Now, this must be the button here. Wait, let me pose nice. Hold it, baby. Say cheese. Ta-da! Perfect. Fits right in. Everything else for nothing, so we get a camera that's for nothing. You and your curio shops. My curio shops? You cased the place. You fingered it. You did all the planning. Oh, listen to Miss Culture over there, the patron of the arts. Never mind hock shop, she says. No, let's go up in life. Let's not go off a curio shop because curio shops have nothing but objects of art worth a fortune. And who touted me? The art lover over there. Two weeks of planning, a whole night on the job, and what do we have, Paula? 400 pounds of junk. Yeah? Room service. Wait a minute. Room service, huh? I didn't order no room service. It's the law. What are we gonna do? Quick, dump all the stuff out the window. Hold on, Chester. I called for room service, okay? You did? To celebrate our newfound wealth. What'd you order? A breakfast for two with all the trimmings. How are we gonna pay for it, Paula? This room is costing me a fortune. Coming! Just leave it outside the door. <sighs> oui, monsieur. Very well. I'm not even hungry. How can I eat at a time like this? Uh, maybe a little coffee is all I need. Look, Chester. What's that sticking up out of the camera? It's the picture. I told you it'll work. Hey, let me see that. Well, how do I look? I don't know. Picture came out fine, just fine, but... Isn't that nice? You take good pictures, Chester. Well, there I am, standing by the window. Did you get a good look at this? And so clear. No flash or anything. And look how clear it is. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me think. What's the matter with you? What's the matter with me? Paula, go over to the mirror. What? Go ahead. Now look in the mirror. You're missing a couple of buttons on your shirt? Go on. Now look. Hmm. We look nice together, don't you think? We ought to get some pictures of the two of us. Will you look? So? What's to see? What you're wearing. You like my nightgown, Chet? I got it special for you. I like the way it sort of clings to my body. What do you think? Right, right. Now, look at the picture. So, there I am, standing by the window, wearing a... A what? A fur coat. Oh. Yeah, a fur coat, which you don't have. Huh. Looks like mink. One of those Ember Autumn Haze models. Real pricey. Could be sable. Nah, I don't think so. It's a mink, all right. Chester, what am I doing wearing a fur coat? I wasn't wearing a fur coat when you took the picture, was I? Of course you weren't. I don't have that kind of money. I don't even own a fur coat. Chester, what is going on? I got it. I got it! Got what? It's a gig! A gag? A gag camera, strictly for laughs. What do you mean? You know, like at Coney Island. Remember? It looks like you're wearing a costume or something. I don't think so. Sure. Inside, they got these ready-made pictures already developed. But the negatives have already got a picture on them, see? The only thing this takes is the face. But we ain't in Coney Island. You know, like a carnival when you pose in front of those crazy cardboard things. You put your head on top of the cutout. Fat lady, sailor, cowboy, driving a car, you name it. And it looks real. That's what this thing is. Not bad. That's kind of clever. You sure? Sure, I'm sure. Well, we might as well clear up the rest of this junk. If you say so, what are we going to do with it? Who cares? Stuff it down a garbage chute for all I care. 
Except for these phony Ming flower pots. Chester, what'd you do that for? Now we gotta clean it up. No, we don't. Leave it for room service. We're paying enough. There's one thing we didn't open yet. Yeah? That little chest over there in the corner. Did it come with a key? No. You'll have to open it in your own inimitable style. There ain't a lock ever made I can't, Jimmy. Anybody ever tell you you had a lousy disposition? If I have a lousy disposition, it's because I'm married to a nickel and dime heister who can't tell a real diamond from a baseball diamond. Baby doll, this suite is costing an arm and a leg, delivered and paid for by Mrs. Diedrich's son, Chester, from profits collected during a slew of years when you weren't even in the picture. So happens that I need you like I need a three-time conviction. Well, aren't you the clever one? Let's see what's inside. Chester, look! I'm looking, but I don't believe it. The most beautiful fur coat I've ever saw. Full length, too. Hmm, so we scored something after all. We sure did. And don't start giving me any of your cheap pizzazz about taking this to a fence. I wouldn't dream of it. Don't argue with me either. This is for little old Paula. Look at these, like, stripes. Different colors, all mushed together. How do they do that? I think it's called Ember Autumn Haze. Like the one in the picture. Right. Exactly like the one in the picture. Come back to bed. In a minute. It's the middle of the night. Sure is, and I can't sleep. What are you doing by the window? Getting some fresh air. Are you still worried about the camera? Shut up. Yeah, you are. You're playing with it, aren't you? What do you care? Leave the light off. It's hot in here. It's not hot. We got air conditioning. What's it to you? You can't just let it go by, can you? You want me to forget about it? Is that it? So it's a crazy camera. So it takes dopey pictures of things that aren't really there. That's not the point. Oh, yeah? What is the point? Sure, it takes dopey pictures. Pictures like like things that haven't happened yet but do happen. That's the point. So what do we do, Chet? One lousy picture and you get insomnia? It's a camera. That's all. Here, I'll show you. Did you just take a picture? There. See any lightning? What did you take a picture of? It doesn't matter. The wall, the door. All right, now drop it, why don't you? Let it alone. Forget about it. How can I forget about it? This thing comes from... from witches, maybe, or... or sorcerers. Look at the writing on it. It could be loaded with black magic or something. Then what are you loaded with? Do you see anything? Where is the man with the horns who comes in with a bargain for your soul? He's supposed to show up any time now, right? But he's not here, is he? Listen to me. It's a screwy camera. Period. Let's see how this one came out. Well? Here. You tell me. It's my brother Woodward, standing by the door. That's who it is. It's that cheap, no-good brother of yours. But that's crazy. He's in jail. Seven years for breaking and entering, and that was only a year ago. So it's impossible. So was the fur coat, right, Paula? Oh, no. No, Chester. It's throwing us a curve. Maybe it's somebody who looks like Woodward. Chester, I'm scared. Feel my heart. I'm palpitating. A little palpitating never hurt nobody, and what's to be scared about? 
thing has obviously gone tilt or something. Are you sure? Sure, I'm sure. Woodward's not here. Woodward can't possibly be here. Woodward won't be here. Woodward is serving time. He's 900 miles away in a cell block, and I don't care what that crazy camera shows us. Who's ever in that picture ain't Woodward. What's that? Shh. Somebody's trying to jimmy the door. Go see. Please, Chester. But be careful. Woodward. Hi, Paula. Hello, Chester. I didn't want to wake anybody, so I just, you know, use the old lockpick on the door. Hope you folks don't mind. Mind? Why would I mind? But, but you're in jail, aren't you? I broke out. Me and another guy. Hit in the laundry truck. <laughs> nice, huh? I thought maybe I could stay with you for a few days. If you really don't mind. You don't, do you? I was thinking, maybe if I was around, you two wouldn't fight so much. You still all the time fighting? Hey, what you got in your hand there? A picture. Yeah? Let me see. Well, will you look at that? Yep, there I am, standing right by the door. Wearing just what I'm wearing now, too. Same clothes. Ain't science wonderful? Do you know what you're saying? Sure I do. I think it's great. To be able to get a picture of... of... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah? If I was outside the door... Uh-huh. And you was in here... That's right. But you already have this picture of me. Right. Standing right here, inside the door. Yeah, and? Then, like... How come? Sleep well, Woodward? Uh, yeah. <sighs> Thanks for letting me use the couch. Think nothing of it. A growing boy needs his rest. What are we going to do today, Chester? I don't know yet. But I got a feeling it's going to have something to do with that camera. I still don't see how we can use it. Neither do I. Far as I can see, it's strictly for laughs. Well, maybe we could sell it. For some big bucks. You know, there's rich people might want something like that. For what? Well, to... To, uh, I don't know, find out who's coming to the front door of, of their office, like a hidden camera, see who's robbing them blind, you know, in advance. Try selling them an item like that. they throw you out on your duff. Or some company. They could take it apart and see how it works and make new ones. No way, you'd never get in the door. They'd say you were off your rocker, burn you at the stake, one or the other. What do you think, Woodward? Oh, good call, Paula. Ask the intellectual in the crowd. We could... We could... Sell, like... Tickets. Yeah, that's it. Set up a place, like, uh, a stand somewhere, to take pictures. Like at a carny, right? Or maybe, maybe we could, you know, like that. Thank you, Einstein. Now look, I'm gonna lay it on the line. What are we? What do you mean? I asked a question. What are we? What are we, Chet? You mean us? Well, we're... We're people, I guess. Sure, sure. But what kind of people? We're three minor league heisters, grifters, con artists. Am I right or am I wrong? 
Yeah, that's it. Well, now we finally got something here that maybe might do good for somebody else. Like who? Science. Science could use something like this. For what? For people, you lughead. We got something here for humanity. Who? Human beings. The world. I'm not so sure we shouldn't just give this to humanity and do something good for the first time in our rotten lives. You got a leak in your attic? What's humanity ever done for us? Sure, Paula, sure. That's what I mean. Just what you said. what I say? That's the way we are. Everything for us, not for anybody else. Yeah, we're family. Little, petty, selfish, mean. That's us. Well, I've risen above all that now. I say let's give this to the world. Here, world, a gift from Chester Diedrich. And his wife. And me too, Chet. Don't forget me. Yeah, 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 and Woodward. So here's a gift for humanity. A gesture is all, maybe. Just a gesture. But it shows the heart of Chester Diedrich and his wife and his brother-in-law. How do we... Woodward, do me a favor. Breathe through your nose. Huh? Why don't you go watch TV? Isn't there something you want to watch uh, to occupy that brain of yours? Oh, yeah. Sure. How do we know the things medical science could do with this? How do we know how valuable this will be as a scientific discovery? They'll name a building after us. Throw big society balls and charity stuff for us. I can see it now. The Chester Diedrich Foundation for the... The, uh, the... Terminally something or other. In the Los Tendros opener, Hotfoot has just won it. Jerry's Flash second, Easter Baby third. This was Hotfoot's second win in three days. He paid $24.90, $15.80, and $6.70. We now move into the second race. Cut that off. I'm making plans. Oh, sure, Chet. Anything you say. Oh, where was I? Hi, society. I can wear my mink coat. Of course, I'll need a couple of new dresses and some matching shoes. Hold on. Well, maybe just one dress to start with. You know, a real evening gown with... I got it. You sure do, Chester. I never would have thought of that. I got it. Got what? I got it. The TV set. Woodward, you're a genius. Ma'am? This camera takes pictures of things that happen, but haven't happened yet. Uh, I guess. Read my lips. It took a picture of Paula with a fur coat. Five minutes later, she had a fur coat. It took a picture of that door with nobody standing in front of it. And then you were standing in front of it. Follow me? Uh, no. All right, boys and girls. Now get this. We go to the racetrack, right? I'm starting to get it. We take a picture of the winner's board at the track before the race. I think I get it. The winner's board before the race. That's a great idea. But... I don't get it. Hold on now. We take a picture of the winner's board, and then we... we look at it and... Oh! Chester! Woodward, are we getting through to you yet? We take a picture of the winner's board. It's empty, see? Because the race hasn't been run yet. But that camera, that little old bugger over there, it takes pictures of things that happen five minutes later. So the picture we get will have the winning numbers on the board. We know what horses come in and what they paid. <laughs> now I get it. Come on, everybody, get your coats. Woody, my boy, grab one of mine. 
And put on a tie so you can be in disguise. No, Chester! This is so exciting! That was the first race. We can get there in time for the last four. How much dough has everybody got? Uh, I got a 20 and a 10. That's 30. I know it's 30. I got two 10s and three 20s. Come on. Okay, and the old insurance, my $100 bill. That makes 180 and 30. You got anything for the pot, Woodward? Yeah, I got 10. 220 bucks. Is that enough? There's bound to be at least one long shot. Why, we can parlay this into a million if we work on it long enough. We can't lose, Paula. We simply can't lose. Come on, everybody ready? Chester, what about humanity? Humanity? Like you said, baby, what did humanity ever do for us? Let's get going. camera. Let me see. The camera. You brought it, didn't you? Right here, Chester. I was just teasing. I'll brace it on the rail to keep it steady. Oh, boy, Chet. Oh, boy, you got us an idea here. My ribs aren't bothering your elbow, are they? No, not at all. Then let loose of me. Let me get the picture. Did you get the board? I got it. Are you sure? I'm sure. Now what do we do? Now we wait for the picture to come out. Don't we have to develop it first? Take it to a drugstore or something? Oh, for crying out loud. No, see, it comes out of this little slot on the top. Yeah? Neat. Sometimes it takes a little while. How long? The race is going to stop pretty soon. All things come to him who waits. Oh. Which horse do you like? I don't know which one I like yet. On account of I haven't looked at the picture yet, okay? Uh-huh. I like the number five horse, Tinky Beggar. It suits you. Peanuts, hot dogs, get your red hots here. Over here! Oh, no. Wait five little minutes, and you can buy all the hot dogs you want. Right now, everything we have goes on the horse. Which one? Well... Look at it. Six, three, and eleven. And look what six pays. Forty-seven, sixty to win. Hand me the racing form. Here you go. Number six, number six. Tidy two, that's number six. Okay, kids, we bet our money on Tidy 2. I don't like the looks of that horse. He's walking real slow. Will you get it through that thick skull of yours? We can't lose. Stay right here, and don't let anything happen to that camera. What's your bet, sir? Put it all on number six. The works. Number six it is. Here's your ticket. Thanks. Hey, Jack, get out of my way. Not number six. That's tidy, too. The last jockey that horse had was Paul Revere. But I mean the original Paul Revere. Now, if you really want to make some dough, I got some information in my pocket here. The goods on the last two races, and all I need from you is cash. You and me could go partners and really make ourselves a bundle on this. I got a tip for you. Bet anything but number six so you don't lower my odds. See you later, Jack.
coming in the stretch. Tidy 2 coming up very fast on the outside. Now in the stretch, Tinky Mega, Sir Midas, and Tidy 2 is third. Tidy 2 moving up. Tinky Mega and Tidy 2 back in there. It's Tidy 2. It's Tidy 2 all the way. We did it. Now, just you feast your eyes on the numbers. Six, three, and eleven. Just like the picture said. Are we rich yet? We're getting there, Junior. We're getting there. Let me set up the camera before the next race. Paula, you two go cash in. Here's the ticket. And don't drop it. Okay, Chester. I sure hope you got enough film for that camera of yours. Why, you know, Woodward? That's a very intelligent comment. Film. I wonder where you go to get film for a camera like this. Oh, but I wouldn't worry about it. Chester will figure it out, I'm sure. Another glass, Chester? No, no, I'm on the phone. Yeah? Yeah, but when can I get a delivery on something like that? No, 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 I don't want the black one. It's gotta be yellow with black upholstery. Spoked wheels, continental kit on the back, dual exhaust, power everything, the works. You got that? Now when can I get a delivery? All right, then order it. No, 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 I'll pay you in cash. Come over with the papers tomorrow morning, we'll settle it then. How much did you say it was? No, I'm not backing out. I was just thinking. Maybe I ought to get two. Huh? Well, you bring the papers. Fine. So long. It's the room service waiter. Are you done with your snack, Woodward? I ate the steak, but I can't finish all the chicken. I guess that'll hold me till dinner, though. Yes? I came for the dishes, madame. Right over there on the coffee table. Can you bring a couple of more bottles of champagne on the way back? Yes, madame. I can easily do that. Hey, get your hands off the camera. Let them look at it. Bet you've never seen anything like that, Pierre. Me no. Most unusual, sir. Isn't it, though? You don't know how unusual. But what do you do after your ten pictures? Is there any other way to get more film? Well, we've only had it for a little while and... We... What did you say? Yeah, what did you say about ten pictures? The inscription on the outside, it says, These are le propriétaire. That means ten to an owner. I presume that means you may only take ten. It's so odd. The lettering is definitely French, but I've never seen a French camera like that. As a matter of fact... Thanks. Bye. Uh, all right. How many pictures have we taken? There was one of Paula. Then one of Woodward. Six. We've had six races. That means we've taken... Eight. We've taken eight pictures. Chester, there's only two left. <sighs> ten. But how do we know what that means? Some frog waiter tells us it means ten, so right away we think we only got two pictures left? How does he know what it means? I bet you we could take as many pictures as we want. But we don't know. Chester, we can't take any chances. No, we can't. You know what we should do? We should sell it. Rattled your cage. This don't even belong to you. You're strictly for charity, buddy. Now what we should do with it is go back to the track and bet two more races with it. Are you both crazy? 
what you do with it is hang on to it. Save it for a rainy day. Careful. You stop it. You're going to break the camera. It took a picture. You dropped it and wasted a picture. I didn't drop it. You did. Oh, palpitations. You and your palpitations. Phony palpitations and a stupid brother. Hey, look. I don't have to take that kind of guff off of you. All right, all right. Have a drink. Give me the camera. What's in the picture? It's me. It was pointing at me when it went off. And it looks like... Like I'm... She's screaming. Let me see that. Get your hands off. Why is she screaming in the picture, Woodward? I'll tell you why she's screaming. She's screaming because somebody's trying to do something to her loving husband. Some stupid ex-con with an idiotic idea about selling a camera to the highest bidder. And who doesn't care what he has to do to get it? Well, we'll see about that. Put the knife away. If she's screaming in the picture, it's on account of what some guy must be doing to her loving brother. You better put that knife away, Chester. You put her away. I'll take it and peel your skin off. Try to take my camera. Try to cut me, will you? Stay away from the window. Watch out! <laughs> oh, Chester. Chester, my poor darling husband. And Woodward. Woodward, my brother, my flesh, my very own flesh. I'll die. I will simply die. There's nothing left for me now. Except this suitcase full of money. How thoughtful of you, Chester. Well, don't worry about me. I'll muddle through somehow. We have to learn to live with tragedy. Poor Chester, and poor Woodward. My heart is simply, simply too full to say any more. May you both rest in peace. Now, where is that camera? Here. One picture left, huh? One more picture to remember you boys. For posterity. Pardonnez-moi. Oh. How did you get in here? I have, uh, how you say, the key. There is something in the way of laundry that I should take, no? You got the wrong room, Jack. There's no laundry up here. I'm checking out. There is the matter of dirty laundry. And your two friends, they have checked out already. Ah, yes, I see them. Such a pity. Lying down there in the courtyard. So young. One moment full of life, vim, vigor, and the next moment, poof. What do you think you're doing with that suitcase? Doing? But, madame, I told you I'm here for the laundry. I'm, how do you say, cleaning you out. You're cleaning me out? And while you're doing that, Jack, what do you think I'll be doing? Well, I'll kill you, buddy. I'm going to be calling the cops. Cops? You mean the gendarmes? <laughs> you will forgive me, but if you call the police, Madame will get herself into, how do you say, one fantastic bind. Dear lady, I know all about you. 
I did some shaking. You, your husband, your brother, you're wanted. So the money is up for grabs. Why, you little rat! And as for the police, I advise you to get out while you can. When they see what's in the courtyard down below, they shall be up here sans invitation. Translation, uninvited, if you catch my meaning. So you walk out of here with the loot, and I get nothing but a big fat goose egg? At your service. Now, as to the laundry, it may be back on Thursday, or maybe Friday, or maybe never. And the camera. But I am not a hog. I leave the picture with you. Sacre, no, this is a picture of the courtyard below. Well, sure it is. I just took it. And if you don't mind, I think I'll just keep it. As a souvenir. But how can this be? In the picture, there are more than two bodies. More than two? Then who else is down there? Watch your step, madame. The broken glass, you will trip and hurt yourself. Yes, there are more than two bodies, just as the picture shows. Uh, one, two, three, four. That is impossible. Wait, let me see. Oh, the camera. There it is. I can see it from here. If I lean out a few. Oh! Object known as a camera. Vintage uncertain. Origin unknown. But for the greedy, the avaricious, the fleet of foot, who can run a four-minute mile so long as they're chasing a fast buck, it appears to be an ally. But appearances are deceiving. It isn't at all what it seems. It's really nothing more than a beckoning come-on for a quick walk around the block. In the Twilight Zone. A most unusual camera starring Mike Starr with Stacey Keach as your narrator was adapted for radio by Dennis Etchison and based on a script by Rod Serling. Heard in the cast were Elissa Fraden, Rich Komenik, Brooke Reed, Christian Stolte, Turk Muller, Roger Wolski, Carl Amari, and Doug James. To learn more about the Twilight Zone radio dramas and to obtain audio cassettes and CDs of these programs, visit our website at twilightzoneradio.com. This copyrighted radio series is produced and directed by Carl Amari and Roger Wolski for Falcon Picture Group. Doug James speaking. There is a fifth dimension beyond that which is known to man. It is a dimension as vast as space and as timeless as infinity. It is the middle ground between light and shadow, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is the dimension of imagination. It is an area which we call the Twilight Zone.
This must be the place. <sighs> okay, Rocky, quit stalling and do it. Yes. Hiya. Sorry, we're closed. Is this the Southside Loan Company? I said we're closed. Well, don't look like it. Well, I was about to turn the sign around. This will just take a minute. Come back tomorrow. <laughs> well, see, that's just it. I, I can't come back tomorrow. Nine to six, Monday through Saturday. Say, you got a nice shop here. A little bit of everything, huh? Bring in the merchandise, no radios, typewriters, or fishing poles. I pay top dollar. You do, huh? I have to lock up now. Bet you got a lot of rings, jewelry, watches, stuff like that. All in the safe. Bye now. The safe, huh? What about this vase? Worth plenty, I bet. I told you. I'm closed for the night. What do you want, anyway? Just this. Oh! oh. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I'll close up for you. Now just point me at the safe and I'm out of here. Probably in the back room. Didn't even lock it yet. What a loser. Now you're talking. Diamonds, gold, this is worth a fortune. What? What are you doing? Calling the cops? That ain't very nice now, is it? Should've finished you off when I had the chance. Now I gotta use the back door. Hold it right there. Put your gun down and throw your hands over your head. Not this time, screw. I ain't going back in the joint. Stop! Stop or I'll shoot! Miss me! Eat lead, copper! The alley's a dead end. You ain't going anywhere. We'll see about that. Oh! Portrait of a man at work. The only work he's ever done. The only work he knows. His name is Henry Francis Valentine. But he calls himself Rocky. Because that's the way his life has been. Rocky and perilous and uphill. At a dead run all the way. A thin, pale, stubby fox of a man who has eluded the hunter until tonight. He's tired of running, of wanting, of waiting for the breaks that came to others but never to him. Now he thinks it's all over, but he's wrong. For Rocky Valentine, a new career is just beginning. In the Twilight Zone. And now, The Twilight Zone and our story, A Nice Place to Visit, starring Hal Sparks with Stacy Keach as your narrator. Mr. Valentine? What? Mr. Valentine. Uh, who are you? I'm known as Mr. Pip. Can I help you? 
Get your hands off me. Can do it. How do you know my name? It's my job to know everything about you, Mr. Valentine. I hope you don't consider me presumptuous, but I see that you're in need of your cop. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I guess not. White shoes, white suit, white hair, some outfit. Never saw a cop dressed like that. I'm your guide, as it were. <laughs> guide? What? Whatever you may desire. I'm at your service. <laughs> that, I need like a hole in my head. I'm dizzy. What happened? You had an accident. Lost your step, so to speak. Some accident? Must have fell flat on my face. Don't worry. Soon you'll be as fit as a fiddle. Come along now. I'm sure you'll want to get out of those rumpled clothes. Clean up a bit. I told you, keep your hands off the merchandise. If I've said anything to offend you... Answer the question. Question? I want to know how come you know my name. <laughs> I believe I already told you. You told me nothing. We clue you, fatso. I don't like games. Oh, but that isn't true. You call me a liar? Not at all, sir. But according to my notes, you like games very much. Roulette, blackjack, poker, craps. We see that. Between the ages of seven and ten, you were quite fond of mumbledypeg. Say, what do you want, anyway? One thing and one thing only, Mr. Valentine. Your comfort. My job is to see to it that you get what you want, whatever it may be. Ha! Your heart's desire, as it were. It's a pretty big assignment, pal. I know, and I must say I'm rather looking forward to it. I'm sure it will entail a good deal of activity. <laughs> now, shall we go? What if I don't want to? What if I got other plans? Then of course you don't have to. It's entirely your decision. From now on, what you ask, you shall receive. Yeah? In exchange for what? How do you mean? What do you get out of it? Oh, nothing at all, Mr. Valentine. I assure you, the service is free. Don't put me on, fat boy. Nothing's free. Nothing. Anything I ever got in this lousy world I had to take. You know why? Because there wasn't nobody going around passing out favors. I'm sure there wasn't. So what's the pitch? You want me to pull a job for you? Is that it? I'm afraid you don't understand. No? We'll see about that. Guess what I got in my pocket? I'm sure I wouldn't know. A 38, that's what. Take my word for it. If you like. Oh, wise guy, huh? Well, here's a good look. Okay, Santa Claus, hand over your wallet. But I don't have a wallet. Sure, sure. Tell me another one. Honestly. Wait, wait, Mr. Valentine. It isn't really a wallet you want, is it? I do carry petty cash. Take it out. Real slow. Certainly. Here you are. Give me that. Four, five, seven hundred bucks! Will that be enough for now? You got more where that came from? Oh dear, yes. <laughs> as much as you want. <laughs> I don't believe this. Now, shall we go? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and Fats. Yes? We'll try nothing funny. I wouldn't think of it.
Here we are. The penthouse. Hey, now. You like it? Sure I do. Oh, I'm relieved. Some pad, all right. Lots of mirrors, a bar. Look at that stereo. This is class, man. Real class. Chinese modern, I believe they call it. I was afraid you might find the red velvet walls a bit much. Not on your life. Who's it belong to, some crooked politician? Why, it belongs to you, Mr. Valentine. That is, if you approve. You kidding? This is to die for. Of course, we can make any changes you wish. I wasn't sure about the pool table, but I thought we'd give it a try. Mr. Valentine, are you all right? You mean all this gets thrown into the deal? There's no need to negotiate. It's already in the deal. Look here. What? Didn't you notice what it says outside the door? Read the nameplate. Henry Francis Valentine. You see? This is now your residence. No kidding. Now, if you'll please follow me. And this is the master bedroom. Wow! That's a real king-size bed, huh? Emperor size. I dig the mirrors in the ceiling. Bathroom in there. Now then, I'm sure you'd like a change of clothes, freshen up a bit? Yeah, sure, but but first, first you gotta give me the pitch. I thought I explained. Come on, the gimmick, the angle, the catch. What do I gotta do for all this? Nothing. I can't tell you any more than I already have, honestly. All right, all right, I get it. You're just a goon. I am? A messenger boy, servant. You work for somebody, right? Well, yes, in a way. When do I get to see him? See? Mr. Big, your boss. Oh, I really couldn't say. Okay, goon, that's fine by me. I can wait. So what's next? As I was saying, this is your wardrobe. I hope you'll find something that suits you. That's pretty funny. Suits. <laughs> Regular comedian. How many you got in here? Oh, dozens. Hundreds, perhaps. I haven't counted them. <laughs> something for every occasion. Any particular color or style? Nah. I don't care. You pick it. Oh, I could hardly presume to do that, sir. However, keeping in mind your taste, let me see. Perhaps a nice pinstripe, if the lapels that you're liking. That'll do. And to go with the dark material, a nice tie. I believe your favorite color is yellow. Mm -hmm. Splendid. It should go well with, let me see, a new pair of um, brown shoes, like the ones you have on. Well, sir? Make up your mind. What's the matter, you got no taste? My taste doesn't matter. Perhaps these, a smart black and white pair with tassels and pointed toes. Fine. I'll just lay your selections on the bed. Shirts, socks and underclothes in the drawer. Quite a large stock. And in this ebony case, a selection of jewelry and accessories. Jewelry, huh? Let me see. Cufflinks, tie-tacks, rings, watches, a little bit of everything. I'll draw your bath. Yeah, you do that. You do that. 
All ready, Mr. Valentine. I've adjusted the water to medium hot. Hey, between you and me, Fats, who do they want me to bump off, huh? Must be somebody important, you know? A real VIP. Oh, no, sir. As I've already explained. I know, I know. It's free, because I'm such a good guy. I'll leave the room while you bathe. Sit right there and wait. Yes, sir. I'll be out in a couple of minutes. Take your time. Please. Hey, Fats? Yes, sir? Don't try anything while I'm in here. I got my gun with me. One wrong move in your Swiss cheese, you understand? Perfectly. When I tell you, pass in my new clothes one at a time. Absolutely. And no funny business. Hey, hey, check out the new duds. Very impressive, sir. Everything fits. Of course. I'll say this, your guy sure knows his threads. Now, Mr. Valentine, if you'll follow me to the living room. What's all this? I took the liberty of calling room service. I thought you must be getting hungry, so... What'd you order, the whole menu? A little bit of everything. All your favorites. Steak, potatoes, spaghetti with meatballs, a hero sandwich, French fries, ketchup, chicken noodle soup, peanut butter and jelly, fried chicken strips, donuts, and a banana split. Won't you have a seat? Uh-uh. You first. No, thank you. I'm not asking. I'm telling. I want to see you taste everything. Oh, but I don't eat. So I was right. You're in on it. I haven't eaten in... Why? It must be two or three centuries. That's a good one. Eat! Or is there something wrong with it? No. Then chow down! I can't. I've forgotten how. Pretty slick. You give me a bath, some clothes, then poison me. I'll tell you something. You gotta get up pretty early to put one over on Rocky Valentine. You think you're smart, don't you, Fats? Yeah, you're smart, all right, but you're not smart enough. What are you doing? Just this. If you won't eat the food, you're gonna eat lead, big boy, because this here is the final course. You have me at a disadvantage, sir. I didn't expect the bullets to have such impact. I'll clean up the broken dishes. You got a bulletproof vest under that white suit, huh? Pretty slick. Okay, let's see how your head holds up right between the eyes. Mr. Valentine, please. Huh? I, I couldn't have missed, not at this range. That's just it. You didn't miss. Maybe there's something wrong with the bullets. Try that mirror over there. What in the... Mr. Valentine, perhaps you'd like a drink. Yeah. Yeah, good idea. Where's the scotch? Here. Hold on. Where'd this whiskey come from? It wasn't here a minute ago. I know. I provided it in case. What do you mean you provided it? What are you, a magician? What's going on? This ain't no regular apartment. Where am I? You might want to sit down. Yeah. Okay. Mr. Valentine. Do you remember when we met earlier this evening? I told you I was, in a sense, your guide. 
And you said you needed a guide like a hole in the head? Yeah. Well, as a matter of strict fact, you had a hole in your head only a short time ago. What are you talking about? A bullet hole. The policeman, remember? In the alley. They yelled for me to stop. And I didn't, but they... You mean I'm dead? Why, yes! By Jove, you've got it! Then if I'm dead, all this stuff, the penthouse, the booze, the free clothes... I must be in heaven. You're my, you're my guardian angel, right? Something like that? Yes, Mr. Valentine, something like that. But uh, And I can have anything I want. Anything. Big talk, fatso. Let's see some proof. Proof? Real proof. Right now. I want money, moolah, simoleons, cold hard cash. I gave you what I had in my pocket. Chump change. I'm talking about real money. Make it a million. A million dollars? And 5G bills. As you wish. Okay, where is it? Look in that drawer. Under the desk. You're putting me on a million bucks. But what am I supposed to do with it? I don't, I don't want to spend it all by my lonesome. No. That's no fun. I need a chick. I take it you're using a slang term. A broad, a dame, you know, make sure she's stacked. Curves all over the place, you dig? I'm not sure. I... Let me spell it out for you. Beautiful. Oh, now I understand. So? When does she get here? Hi. Uh, <clears throat> hi. Who are you? I, I mean... My name's Lita. What's yours? Uh, <laughs> you did good, Fats. Real good. Thank you, sir. Do you mind if I dance? Go right ahead. Mm, when I hear music like this, I just... Uh, I don't know, I... I get this feeling and I have to move my body. Me too. May I have this dance? Mm, I thought you'd never ask. Hi, you doll. Hi, yourself. Call me Rocky. Now I know I'm in heaven. <clears throat> Will there be anything else? Not right now, Jeeves. Very good, sir. But hang around. I might need you later in case I want more. Of course, Mr. Valentine. No more bets, please. No more bets. Hurry up, Rocky. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Are you all finished? Not on your life, sweetheart. How about 33 red? 33 red! Yeah! Yeah! How about that? I win again. Hey, Fats! Something I can do for you? No, something I can do for you. Put your money on the table right there. 14 black. Rocky's hot tonight. Am I right, dolls? You sure are. He is. He's a winner. I'm afraid I don't have any money. You don't? Well, what do they pay in? Halos or something? Place your bets, ladies and gentlemen. Combinations odd and even. Okay, let's go. No more bets. Come on, come on. 
14 black. 14 black. That makes what? 80, 80 grand. Closer to 100. In an hour. How about that, Bats? Is Rocky hot or is he hot? He is most definitely hot. Hey, Lita. What, Rocky? Open your purse. Go cash these in for me, okay, babe? Sure. Hold on. Yeah? 100 G's, sweetheart. I count real good. Get me? Don't worry, Rocky. Be right back. What now, sir? Come on, let's see what's shaking with the cubes. I got this table spooked. Very well. The dice table is this way. No more bets. Oh, there's a slot machine. You want to play, doll? Can I? Sure. Here's a silver dollar. Wait a minute. I'll put it in for you. I got the magic. Jackpot! I told you. <laughs> Would you like me to carry them for you? Yeah, sure. And give the ladies a tip. Very good, sir. Seven out. Line away. Oh. Step aside. Let me show you how it's done. That, sir? Here's your money, Rocky. Put it on the line. All of it, sir? Why not? When you're hot, you're sizzling. Money talks. Get your bets down. Hard ways, horn bets, any craps. Breathe on them for me, doll. Sure, Rocky. New shooter coming out. Yo, 11. Here you go, doll. Go get yourself a new dress or something. Something skimpy. <laughs> Gee, thanks, Rocky. How much loot we got? Approximately 200,000. Bet, sir? Let me see. Give me a proposition. How much for another 11? 16 to 1. Put everything on 11. Maybe you should hold some back, Rocky. Don't make me laugh. I'm going to buy and sell this joint. Same dice. Yes, sir. Guess them for me. If you say so. Same good shooter coming out, looking for a point. Yo, Alev, winner, winner, frontline winner. I'll have to get you a briefcase for your winning, sir. You do that, Fats. Get two, get a whole bunch of them. I ain't stopping now, not the way my luck is running. Never had a night like this. Place your bets. Okay, buddy, buddy, let's do it again. Same bit, same bet. Hey. I'm dry as a bone. Anybody get me a drink or what? I'll get it for you, Rocky. Me, me, me! Pressing 11, all bets down. Come on now. Like the song says, luck be a lady. Move your car, please. This is a no parking zone. Uh, whew! Making money really takes it out of you. Where's the loot? I have two briefcases, sir, and the ladies each have one. Good, my arm's sore. They're heavy. I don't mind. Where are we going now? Uh, get your car, sir? Yeah, big convertible, pink and white. And be careful with it, you hear me? Yes, sir. Loading and unloading only, no parking. Huh, something bothering you, Mr. Valentine? Yeah. Him. The policeman? He's only doing his job, maintaining order. Lousy screws. 
Think they're the king of the hill just because they got a badge and a few lousy inches? How do you mean? Every cop I ever see is about six and a half feet tall. Look at him. Lording it over everybody. Oh, dear. That was indiscreet of me. I should have realized. Not your fault. Oh, but it is. I'll fix it for you. Officer? Yeah? Come over here for a moment. Yeah, what do you want, mister? Better? Sure is. Hey, screw! May I help you? Your hat's on, crooked trooper. Now get out of my sight, your mother's calling you. Here's a kick in the pants to get you moving. I'm going. I'm going. <laughs> Look at him running on those little legs. I sure showed him, didn't I? <laughs> Your car, sir. Ah. Oh. oh, okay, kid. Here, you keep the change. Oh, that's a hundred dollar bill. Knock yourself out. Come on, let's blow this joint. I'll drive, if you like, sir. I like. <laughs> okay, fats, put the pedal to the metal. Whatever you wish, Mr. Valentine. Rod's in the back seat, hang on. Should we fasten our seatbelts? Maybe we're better. It wrinkles my dress. Hey, what do you say we open her up and see what this baby will really do? Very well. We're gonna crash. Not on your life. I got all the luck tonight. Punch it, Pip. <laughs> Man, this is really living, huh? In a manner of speaking, Mr. Valentine. In a manner of speaking. Where's my pad? Just at the end of the hall. Fats, do me a favor. Yes? I want to get rid of that heap we've been driving. Is anything wrong? It seems to go fast enough. Yeah, but the ashtrays are full. <laughs> I'll make a note. Change car. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What is it, Mr. Valentine? We forgot the suitcase is full of dough. Oh, yeah. He's right. I set mine down and... No need to worry. After all, you can win it back tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. Hey, girls, go on inside. I want to talk to Fats. Okay. Sure, Rocky. We'll wait up for you. What's on your mind? How about tomorrow we look up some of my old buddies, like Mike Fink and Matt Gorman and Silky Armstrong? Hmm. What's the matter? Didn't they make it? Oh, it isn't that, Mr. Valentine. It's... Well, you see, all of this is your own private domain, as it were. It was made for you alone. What about the broads? I mean, they're extras, like in a movie? In a sense, yes. Everyone here is, except, of course, you and me. Oh. Well, we'll just party it up tonight anyway. You too, of course. I'm not permitted, sir. Why? Angels ain't supposed to have fun? Come on, who's to know? Sorry, sir. Man, you really pulled rough duty with this job, didn't you? It has its compensations. Hey, Fatso, let me ask you a question. Go ahead. Something's been kind of bugging me. Don't get me wrong, I ain't ashamed of my life. You know, anything I did, well, I, I did it because I had it, you understand? Perfectly. Of course, I ain't saying I was the greatest guy in the world. Maybe I made a few wrong moves, but, you know, like a shrink said one time, I'm... Sort of a victim of my environment, you know? Can't get away from that, right? Whatever you say. 
I never got a break, you know, never. Old man a drunk, old lady a tramp, no lousy dough in the house. I mean, what do they expect? I should grow up to be president? The thing I want to know is, how come they let me in here? I thought this place was for school teachers and like that. Oh, we have some school teachers here, Mr. Valentine. Well, must have been something real good I did once, something that made up for everything else, huh? Yeah, maybe that's it, but what was it? What I ever do that was good? So, uh, how do I find out? We have a hall of records. It isn't far. Perhaps you would like me to take you there. They open now? They're always open. Let's go. Wait, what, what about the dolls? Don't worry, sir. Something tells me they'll fend for themselves till you get back. Right this way. I'll ring for the elevator. Will you look at this? The files are over here, sir. It's the biggest room I've ever been in. You can't even see the ceiling. Strictly speaking, there isn't one. Valentine. Hmm. The V's should be in one of these cabinets. How'd they get all the fog on the floor like some kind of movie? I'm afraid the movies are only a pale imitation. Here, this should be the one. V. 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 Ah, here it is. Henry Francis Valentine. That's me. Born Brooklyn, New York, cried a lot as a baby. I did? At age six, tortured small dog. Why not? It bit me. At age seven, began stealing toys from dime store. Age eight, organized street gang known as the Angels. <laughs> How about that? Great bunch of kids. That's what we called ourselves, the Angels. Can you believe it? Age nine, broke into bicycle store. Age ten, beat up smaller child, hospitalized with injuries. Hey, what is this anyway? Your permanent record, sir. But it goes on for pages and pages. Nothing but all the bad things I ever did. It's thick as a book. I don't get it. Get what? You don't think there was a mistake, do you? Not likely. Then don't figure. Where's the good stuff? I wouldn't worry, sir. I'm sure the record is quite complete. Well, hey, if it don't bother him, then I guess I ain't gonna let it bother me. You know what I mean? I believe I do. Seen enough? Yeah. Plenty. What now, Mr. Valentine? I don't know. Maybe fool around with the dolls, maybe go and shoot some craps first. I'll bring the car around. Nah, I, I can catch a cab. I got some thinking to do anyway. Very good. If you need me, just pick up any phone. Dial 1-800-PIP. Sure thing. I'll see you, Fats. Place your bets, hard ways, any craps. Put it all on double sixes. All of it? You heard me. Yes, sir. All bets down. Same good shooter, coming out. Twelve, midnight, winner twelve. Say, uh, you want to stay up all night? What? Double sixes, midnight. Let it ride, sir? No, forget it. Your chips. Yeah, sure. Lucky 13. 13 it is. No more bets. 13 red. Pay the gentleman with the yellow tie. I can't believe it. 
Don't you want your chips, sir? Mail them to me. Okay, pick up your hand. That's it. How many cards you want? Um, I'm okay. How about you? I don't need any either. Lita, how many? I think I'll play these. Dealer stance, Pat. What do you got? Huh? Now's the time when you lay them down. Oh, oh. Let me see. I got a full house. Great. What do you got, though? Um, I'm not sure. I'll tell you. Looks like a straight flush queen high. Oh, is that good? It's great. It's just great. Lita, show me your cards. But everybody will know what I have. It's okay. Yep, you got her beat straight flush king high. I win. Not so fast. Any other game, you could bet the farm. But here, read them and weep. I got a royal flush. You win again, Mr. Valentine. Yeah, I know already. That's all I ever do in this nutty place. Win, win, win. Is there anything else you'd like us to do? There must be something. Now get out of here, all of you. Sick of looking at you. Can we come back later? Don't call us, we'll call you. Go on, scram. Now what am I supposed to do? Play tiddlywinks? <sighs> Maybe a game of eight ball. Nah, straight pool. What's the good of that? One shot and I run the whole table. <sighs> Where's the phone? 1-800-PIP. Yes, Mr. Valentine. What can I do for you? You can get yourself over here right away. I got a bone to pick with you. Really? Stop all that creeping around. Why don't you use the front door like regular people? Anything you say, Mr. Valentine. Anything I say, anything I say. Will you knock it off? Is something wrong, sir? No, nothing's wrong. Everything's peachy. Look, I've been here for a month and I can't take it anymore. I don't understand. I'll spell it out. I'm bored, fatso. I'm bored. There's no excitement around here. You dig? No kicks. But the gambling. I thought you enjoyed it. I do, but when you win every time, that ain't gambling. That's charity. I could arrange for you to lose occasionally. Would that help? Yeah, maybe. No, no good. I'd know. Perhaps you miss your old vocation. Now you're getting warm. There's a nice bank you could rob. It's on the corner. Or would you prefer a jewelry store? Bank's okay, I guess. Fine. Now, as to the getaway car, we have quite a wide selection. Something inconspicuous, I imagine. Any chance I'll get caught? Certainly, if that's what you'd like. Let me make a note of it. Look, don't bother. Look, Fatso, I don't know how to say this, but it just ain't the same thing. What's the kick in knocking off a bank if everybody's in on it, huh? Even the dames. I never thought I'd get bored with beautiful dames, but... See, I wouldn't expect an angel to understand this. Scoring with a chick doesn't mean anything if she's set up in advance. I mean, everything's great, really great. It's just the way I always imagined it. But see, I tell you, Fats, I don't think I fit in here. Oh, nonsense. Of course you do. No, I'm serious. Somebody must have goofed. Look, I'm going to go nuts if I have to stay here another day. I, I just don't belong in heaven. I, wa I want to go to... I want to go to the other place. Heaven? <laughs> Whatever gave you the idea, you were in heaven. Mr. Valentine, this is, is the other place. place. <laughs> <laughs>
portrait of Henry Francis Valentine, small-time crook, grifter, thief, and worse. A scared, angry little man who never got the breaks he thought he deserved. Now he has everything he ever wanted, and he's going to have to live with it for all eternity in a place called the Twilight Zone. More from The Twilight Zone after this. Hi, this is Carl Amari, producer of The Twilight Zone radio dramas, and I'd like to take a moment to thank you for tuning into our show. We've been producing these radio versions of the classic Twilight Zone TV series since 2002. And if you're a regular listener, you know that our radio versions are based on the original TV shows we've all come to know and love. But I'm excited to announce that very soon you'll start to hear brand new stories that are not based on the original TV shows. We're commissioning writers to produce fresh new story ideas that will star many of your favorite Hollywood stars. So be sure to stay tuned for them. Also, I want to stay in closer contact with you. So I've started a producer's blog on our website at www.twilightzoneradio.com. On my blog, you'll get weekly updates and the latest news and information on our Twilight Zone radio dramas, the stars we've recently signed, the new story ideas you can look forward to hearing, when your favorite episode will be aired, and much, much more. Plus, at TwilightZoneRadio.com, you can download three free shows or any of our past shows for only $1.95 each. Plus, you can purchase CDs of all of our shows in our Twilight Zone store, find a radio station in your area playing our broadcasts, ways to contact me, and much, much more. So be sure to log on to www.twilightzoneradio.com, and I'll see you in the zone. A Nice Place to Visit, starring Hal Sparks with Stacey Keach as your narrator, was adapted for radio by Dennis Etchison and written for The Twilight Zone by Charles Beaumont. Heard in the cast were Nick Sandys, Doug James, Laura Russell, Fernette Lebo, Amber Lake, Jeff Lupatin, Vince Amari, Kurt Nabig, Rosalind Alexander, and Carl Amari. To learn more about the Twilight Zone radio dramas and to obtain audio cassettes and CDs of these programs, visit our website at twilightzoneradio.com. The producers of the Twilight Zone wish to thank CBS Enterprises, Carol Serling, Dennis Etchison, Dick Brescia Associates, Claire Simon Casting, Terry Jennings, XM Satellite Radio, Sirius Satellite Radio, our sponsors, and our radio affiliates for helping make this series possible. This copyrighted radio series is produced and directed by Carl Amari and Jason Mallow for Falcon Picture Group. Doug James speaking. Thanks for joining us for the Twilight Zone at 1001 Radio Days. If you enjoy our show, please do take a moment and send us a kind review. Reviews are always Greatly appreciated. This is your host, John Hagedorn. This is 1001 Radio Days, and we'll be back soon.